Okay, right, I'm going to start. Okay, no, that wasn't good. I need to just give me a minute. Okay. <laughs> it sounded like an 80s DJ then, that was classic. Hey. It was the Fonz. Yeah, Fonz. 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 Right, everyone, shut up now. Okay, hello listeners and welcome to episode, episode 34 of the Picky Bastards podcast. Um, today we are returning with another one of our Mercury Prize specials, so I would like to welcome back to the podcast Mr. Sam Atkins. How are you doing, Sam? Hi. I'm Sam, good. our resident music prize expert, I think. <laughs> expert is a big word. I mean, you follow every music prize that exists pretty much, don't you? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm expert. not an expert on any of them. <laughs> you're more of an expert than me. I'll go with that. Seems but otherwise, fine. you're okay. How you doing? How's the new house? How's the cat? The the new house is good. The cat basically owns the new house now. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so it's all good. Fantastic. Well, welcome back. I think it was the um, album of the decade last time we had you yeah. on, wasn't it? So it's been a few months. That feels like about six decades ago. Yeah, a lot's well. changed since then. But we're glad to be back. It's good to have you. And we also have the normal picky bastards, the boring picky bastards, Nicholas and Matt. How are you both? Cheers. I'm good to see you too. Yeah, nice to hear. You're all good. Cool. Right, so Mercury Prize is coming up. We are going to go through a few questions. We're going to probably, we'll talk about all of the albums at least in a little bit, but I'll just quickly let you know what's on the on the shortlist in case you don't. So we've got Fibs by Anna Meredith. Seeking Frills by Seeking Frills by Georgia, Every Bad by Porridge Radio, Song for Our Daughter by Laura Marling, Future Nostalgia by Is it Dua Lipa or Dua Lipa? Dua. Dua. Is it? Dua oh, Dua. Okay. Why do I think I know? Yeah, I knew Sam would be the one to answer. That. I don't know why you were trying to answer. <laughs> it's that. probably wrong. <laughs> no idea why I thought I knew that. Um, Deep Down Happy by Sports Team, Spook the Herd by Lanterns on the Lake, How I'm Feeling Now by Charlie XCX. Kiwanuka by Michael Kiwanuka, Heavy is the Head by Stormzy, Dark Matter by Moses Boyd, and Hoodies All Summer by Kano. So that's the 12 albums. I'm going to start with four questions. And the first question is going to be, what was your favourite new discovery from the from the playlist? And I'm going to go to Sam. Sam, you're going to have 90 seconds to tell me. And if you go up to 90 seconds, you will hear an obnoxious alarm. So yep. And I'll seconds. get cut off instantly. You will. you will. And if you go past that, then we have to close the whole podcast down. So. Yeah, okay. So 90 seconds starting now. What was your favourite discovery? Uh, so my favourite discovery was uh, definitely the Moses Boyd album. Um, obviously, each year there's always like a jazz record or a jazz adjacent record that uh, gets included. And we always talk about it. We always say, oh, we, it's probably not going to win, but it's nice to listen to this or it's not nice to listen to this. Um, but this one, I, I absolutely love it. I, I think it's such an interesting kind of fusion of genres um it kind of goes all over the place but every every single song feels extremely british in the in the sense of where the origins of those genres come from so it, it, all sorts of like drum and bass music's included in it there's a lot of garage sounds um and i, I just think it's it's such a, an interesting initial record to hear from someone that you have no idea who they are um and it left. It, it made a massive impact for me. Um, ended up as one of my one one of my favorites on the shortlist. So um, yeah, I, it, it, I was surprised that the kind of jazz one ended up being it. But that's the one that I kind of picked out. Um, yeah, 
Fantastic. Is that you? Yeah. So I don't that... use my alarm just yet. Oh, sorry. <laughs> so never mind. So if anyone wants to talk about Moses Boyd, we will come back to that. But for, for now, I'm going to go to Matt. So Matt, 90 seconds. What was your favourite discovery? Uh, my favourite discovery was Georgia with Seeking Thrills. Um, I'd never heard of her, but first time I listened to this album, I kind of just liked it. And then I just ended up playing it again and again and again. And it's probably been the album I've played most this summer. Wow. Um, and I, compared to some of the other stuff on the list, it, it's making this kind of interesting pop that doesn't feel too safe. It has some new newer ideas in it, but at the, still at the same time, it doesn't feel like it's overstretching. Um, and so that's maybe some hints as to what I think of some of the other albums down the list. Um, <laughs> but there's, yeah, they're like, there's obviously some big Robin vibes in it and I love Robin. And, but there's also some more diverse other sounds as well. I think um, some like MIA and major laser feelings uh, towards the end of the album as well. And all in all, it's just fantastic. Wow. You're all doing this within a minute, which is quite upsetting to me. I know the whole thing's been over in 10 minutes at this rate. We're doing fantastically, yeah? yeah. yeah. <laughs> Get on with our all days. Right. <laughs> Nick, over to you. 90 seconds. What was your favourite new discovery? Okay, my favourite new discovery is Charlie XCX, How I'm Feeling Now. Um, I really want to talk about another album in relation to this one that's on the shortlist, but I can't do it, so I'm going to have to restrain myself quite a bit, I think, with, this, with these comments. But um, I think this is um, a kind of pop an EDM dance album that has a lot of interesting undertones in it, which uh, give it some more depth than a lot of other albums of its kind. So it has things like, I noticed, and even if, if you listen, ring modulators and notch filters and a lot of super sub EQs and stuff that really make the song sound more engaging than you might uh, typically expect, I might typically expect in my pejorative way about the, these, this kind of genre of pop. Um, so I... I enjoyed quite a lot of it um i think forever is the opening is the opening track no second track uh, is a good example of lots of those tonal moves that they make um i like that one particular the cleanness of the, the way the vocals sit with the uh in the choruses versus the really dirty offset synths um in the verses that's a really that was a really good example of one of the tracks on the album uh and then seven years another one that i was was quite into um Again, a really sort of light and dark dynamics across the track. Um, and it's not a genre that I, obviously, as everyone knows here, I, I would jump to normally. But I thought, really, if I'm looking for something interesting, um, it was it was more surprising than I was expecting by a long way. So, yeah, Charlie XCX. Can you just talk for two more seconds, please? No, because I think I got it perfectly right. That's what you're basically saying. What? What? I was perfect. That's what you're saying. Every time we do this, I forget how to actually turn my alarm off. So... Oh. There we go. Okay, so I'm not going to say what I, my first reaction to Nick picking Charlie XCX, but we'll, we'll get to that in a minute. Yep. Who wants? Who's timing me? Is it you, Matt? Oh yeah, I got to do that. Yeah, yeah. Ready? I'm ready. Steady. Go. Okay, so um, I want to start by saying there were two albums I hadn't heard on this list that I totally fell in love with, and it was hard to choose between the two. But in the end, I went with Buddies All Summer by Kano. I think it's an absolutely exceptional album, um, and without saying too much about the other album I nearly chose, I think the thing that separated the two in the end was that this album also has a really, you know, really important messages, and it, it deals with that message in a really interesting and nuanced way. I also think it has some of the best MC and I've heard in a very long time. There are a few verses on this album that had me completely enthralled, um, none more so than the final verse of Got My Brandy, Got My Beats. Um, his flow on that song is just mind-blowing. 
especially when you consider the difficult and grief-ridden story he's telling. Um, I think that track's definitely a contender for my favourite song on this whole playlist. But none of that, that stuff about his flows and beats would matter if it wasn't for the story he was telling, and I think that's what tips it over the edge. I think songs like Good Utes, Walk Among Evil, Trouble and Teardrops are just so relevant and important. And then it ends with the song Suck Your Mum, which is the strongest I've heard in, t- in terms of challenging racism in Britain in a long time. Um, in previous years, I might have said that this, these songs would make this album too political to take home the prize, but I think with everything that's happened this year, I'm not sure that's the case. I think this has got a very good chance of winning, and I think it would be hugely deserving. Definitely my favourite new discovery. Well, two that I loved, but definitely one of them. That's me. Cool. How close, was it? How close was he? Because I'm sure he sat all night last night prepping to do that in exactly yeah. the right amount of time. <laughs> was it exactly 85 seconds? No, he had lots of room. Uh, Did I? I must speak we're all doing good. Here. Okay, so I'm going to start off with the big surprise there for me, which was hearing Nick choose Charlie XCX. <laughs> yeah. Um, that has shocked me. Or it might be. I feel, my, I feel like he does this on the podcast when... just to fucking shock us, because he did Florence in the Machine last time. <laughs> But yeah, Sam, 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 no, just I, I, you should have seen my face then. I was astounded. <laughs> yeah. It was a video recording, yeah. Uh, yeah, just... I'm, I'm shocked. Yeah. Um... Anyone else want to talk about Charlie X at this point? I can. Um, if... I'll, I'll jump. I'll jump in. I, yeah. I reviewed this for the website when it came out, and um, I'm astounded because I absolutely hate this album. <laughs> it's just. <laughs> And the reason I hate it is it's the most Charlie XCX album ever created. Like, it's it's her defining album of everything that she loves to do. And that is why I hate it so much. I just, and I've accepted I don't know anything now. else she's done, though. That's anything. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know yeah. all of what she's the, done. There was, the music, the sort of music that's on this album has been on all of her previous ones, but it just sort of appears every now and again. It's always the one that her, like, hardcore fans will go for. And then they're the one, and she seems to love it. Um, and the fact that, like, the, 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 there's a sequel song to a song on an album she also released this year that came out in 2019, um, which was much more commercially driven, kind of had a load of collaborations. and uh, But it had one where, where she did a bunch of songs with 100 Gex. Yeah. And uh, there's a sequel song to that, Click, Click 2. And it's like, how it's it's just infuriating um i it's it's such an annoying album um and it's the sort of thing that i i feel like people might have expected i would like and i just i just can't there's nothing i can get on board with with it um, i feel like it's one that people maybe thought i wouldn't like oddly enough I exactly i literally, <laughs> yeah. I literally yeah. wrote down Fran and Nick will absolutely despise this that's well, I, that's, that's a pretty good place for me to jump in i think <laughs> Um, and say that I really like this album. Um, no, you don't. I do, honestly, yeah. It was the one I was I was dreading most on the list because of what Sam had told me about it and also because I knew the 100 Gex Association. But of the pop albums on here, this was by far my favourite. Um, I wouldn't say I fell in love with it, and I'm not saying I wanted to win, but of the three pop albums here, yeah, it's the only one that would make any sense as a winner for me. I think it's doing something different, feels quite fresh, I mean, I haven't heard her previous stuff, so you know it's easy for me to say that without having heard what she's done before. Um, but I don't. I think it's an unpredictable album. I think it flits about all over the place. Yeah, I, I think really unpredictable like is a really good word to use. Yeah, I mean, I think yeah. it, I think it moves in different directions that are within its framework of its genre are, are interesting. You know? Yeah, and I think that was interesting. I think it kind of it didn't. It took me by surprise, and I think that's you know that's a nice thing. And I think 
I really like the track Enemy. I like I fully understand. And I think yeah, it was a, it was a good album. It's interesting. I, I I did enjoy it. So yeah, that's two of us, which has shocked me. A bit. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I can't believe this. I it's the big thing for me is I there's like still a hundred gex foot like fingerprints all over it. It mm, feels really? like to me, and yeah, like gex songs were so silly and ridiculous. Yeah. Like yeah, stupid I guess horse. I just fell out of the Porsche. That's <laughs> the thing for me. It does feel like um, some of this more experimental stuff and weirder stuff is then being filtered mm. and turned into something more palatable by Charlie. Um, so it works for you then is that what you're saying it does I I like the first three four tracks I mm. really like Claws uh, a lot but because it's yeah it's just super catchy tune um, but I, I actually found it um, not offensive towards the end I just found it got really boring the album after mm. the first yeah. few tracks and so I was just like this, this is a bit of a snooze fest <laughs> um, so it's weird I, this, yeah, because it's a range of opinions, but it's the complete opposite way to, I think, yeah. people might have predicted yeah. it would have been, like, totally when agree. you talk about a pop album, everyone would have thought Sam would be the biggest fan, and then you, Mark, but it's, it's turned out the other way around, which is quite interesting. Yeah, I, yeah I'm yeah, i still in shock. <laughs> I can't believe it. <laughs> I, yeah, I mean, I will also say, well, that things will become clearer from my point of view when we talk about some of the albums, so maybe yeah. it's too soon to yeah. say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah. we also had um, Moses Boyd, Anyone want to talk about that in a minute? Or? Uh, let me just see if I can talk about Moses Boyd. I think I probably can. Uh, yeah, I can. Um, yeah, I, overall, uh, I, I similarly thought this was... I was thinking at the time when it came out to it, oh, this is going to be like a sort of tokenistic jazz album. Um, but actually, I really enjoyed it, and I think it has an awful lot of great things going for it and um, would actually be uh, a solid winner if, if it was to win. I don't think it's very likely at all, but I think it would be, it would be a good good winner if it, if it was to do it uh it's very complicated and intricate all the way through um and i found that intricacy gave it gave men i had to spend a lot of time with it which i i enjoyed doing um it has some real darkness in it so it doesn't sound sometimes my my feelings about some jazz music is that it's it needs to be a bit darker a bit gloomier sometimes for mm. my personal taste but this album like uh yo yo uh, for example, had like this grinding low end bass part with this low saxophones and stuff that I thought worked really well and had this kind of gloominess to it, this kind of severity. Mm. Um, I can hear, um, I'm obviously a sucker for talking heads. We talked about that before and I can hear bits of talking heads in it as well. Although obviously that itself mm. is a, is a sort of jazz infused world music homage anyway, that, that, um, that stuff that talking heads had done all those years ago. So I see that's where it's coming from more, but still that, that's something I really enjoyed as well. Um, and also I thought, is there a track Only You? Um, yeah, Only yeah. You is, is probably possibly the biggest surprise on any of the albums on the whole playlist in the sense of what I was expecting the album to go like and how that track went. I thought it was really unusual, really really went in a whole different direction, which I was really grateful for. Um, so yeah, and then and then uh, another one I liked was Too Far Gone. I thought that was really really had some good momentum behind it and I um, I, enjoyed the, I enjoyed the whole album. I, I would go back to it definitely, which I, it's not yeah. often I would say that for the, an album of that genre. So yeah. Really enjoyed it. Cool. Matt, cool. Moses Boyd? Or? Yeah. I, I, yeah, like we've talked about this being the jazz selection, but I think there have been some, like the, that uh, pick has got stronger over recent years. Mm. I remember really liking Sons of Comet, mm. and I can't remember what the last year was, um, but I also think I really liked that as well. I so much so that I've yeah. completely forgotten. <laughs> too, too into the one last year. I did like Sons of Comet, but I wasn't really into the one last year. I can't remember what they were called. Um, but... 
that said, I think this is one of the most interesting uh, jazz-oriented uh, records that I have listened to uh, for recently. It's it's just yeah the way um, and Nick was you were talking about the darkness. It did feel a lot more like dense and visceral than I've maybe heard from a record like this. And then uh, Sam was talking about these different genres that are infused into it. And I have never heard anyone try and mix these genres before. And it like, it totally works um, in a way that, as Sam said, it's super British. It has a very authentic sound um, and specific to, uh, yeah, specific to a time and a place, which is really um really effective especially with i think jazz which doesn't i feel like quite often you don't associate a time and a place with it yeah. um so yeah i i liked it uh, a lot okay anyone for kano or georgia sam do you want to talk about either of them i i can talk i can talk about both um i'll talk okay. about kano first that was okay. i think going into the um nominations i think when we were all kind of uh, excited and waiting for them. What's happening? I think constantly? I think Kano was the one that I was like the most uh, happy that it had made it. That I wasn't mm. sure whether it would, because um, that album is just so good, and it, it, it it's gotten better over time since it came out. I think it's probably one of the earliest releases on the list. Yeah, it's um, August last year, isn't it? So. Yeah. So, mm. um, and I, I I got to see I got to see Kano perform it. Uh, only a couple of months after it came out um and it was it was such a great live experience uh, the album really came alive um but i think what what you were saying fran i think it's extremely relevant and it, it's only gotten more relevant um and some of the songs i think i think like teardrops is one of my favorite favorites um and the kind of like uh and then uh trouble as well those two songs the way that uh the, the kind of production uh, yeah. changes so much within the same song um, but then flows through the whole album I think is really impressive I, I don't think many kind of uh, like grime acts and Kano's kind of like past grime if, if yeah. that makes sense he's kind of like that. do we call him grime or do we call him hip hop because he's been he's, around for a long time hasn't he and he, he used to be considered UK hip hop but now I think yeah. people and do uh, call him grime but at, at this point he's just such a like a legendary mm. act in terms of like he's, he's been around for so long and uh, so I think he's so much more than that um, so yeah. to me this is his best album I know a lot of people really liked Made in the Manor that was nominated a few years ago Um but I think this is kind of his defining record, and I'm I'm so glad it's there. I, I'd love this to win. Yeah, um, I, I think it's got a good chance as well. I think it's yeah. Because having been into UK hip hop, I've heard his name for years, but I've never actually listened to an album of his before, and this totally blew me away. I think partly for that reason, and I I'd love to, I think what I know about him, it'd be great to see him win. I think he's got a chance. Well, anyone yeah. else, Nick I or can, Matt, want to talk about Kano? I, mean, I, I can say, I can talk about it, although I don't have a hell of a lot to say, but uh, yeah. it's not in my, in my other categories. Yeah, so um, I um, I enjoyed it, and I think it was um, it was pretty effective all the way through, pretty affecting, I should say, all the way through. Mm. It, was, it was a really consistent album. I think it sounded, it had musically a little bit of tricky in it, actually, which I, I really enjoyed, mm. um, That in sort of the, the way the beats were put together and stuff. Um, I thought it was... Um, Interesting that that this album is out this year, 
uh, was on the list this year, as well as the Stormzy, which we'll talk about later, I guess. Um, and maybe I'll, I'll reserve some comments about, about the two when I can speak to them together. Uh, I know they're not quite the same, but there is a, there is a linkage there. So, um, but yeah, overall, I, I enjoyed it, um, and I'm glad I, glad I got to hear it. I hadn't heard it, and I don't wasn't really familiar with him at all before this. So mm. it's, all, it's all new to me, really. Yeah. So. Okay. Yep. Matt. Cool. Yeah, yeah. I just there's not too much to add. Um, I really liked this album. It was fantastic. He is obviously at the top of his game. Um, his previous album is also really good. It's but like Sam says, this is really uh, his kind of crowning jewel. It's mm. it's uh, it's just a little bit of a step up. Um, and I think the the only thing I want to draw attention to is just the first track. I I the way the album starts is just such a fantastic opener. It's yeah. really really sets the sets the table for what he's all about, and it's just. There's not even that much like musicality to it, but there there obviously is. But the the music behind it is very bare and stark, mm. and he just rips into it, and it's just such a bold way to start the album, and then it just jumps from there and keeps going and evolving. And it's yeah, cool. um, yeah. I would not. I would be happy if he wins for sure. Great. Okay. And anyone on Georgia? Uh, Sam, you said you could speak to Georgia, couldn't you? Yeah, this uh, this is another one. There were so many albums this year actually that were nominated that I was like more than aware of. Um, like listened to loads. Um, and Georgia actually, I, I've seen I saw her twice this year. And Georgia is the last gig that I went to before it all was locked down. It's literally like a week before. Wow. Um, so that was the gig where I was stood in front of James Spearing from oh, yeah. uh, Picky Bastards and website and. Uh, he was complaining about the tall person in front of yeah, him. Yeah, you definitely should have swapped places. He's, he's tiny. <laughs> Realised it was me, uh, which was quite funny. Uh, but yeah, I, th- this album is just a great time. Um, I feel like it's it manages to capture this like feeling of like going out to clubs and dancing and mm. kind of... Uh, the, the kind of energy of kind of trying to find that next kind of like... ecstasy moment of like uh, just pure like escapism which is that's why like the robin connection makes so much sense um Mm. i think i think it's one interesting thing is that um like as a performer she's like mainly like a drummer uh, and when she performs the album and when she performs all of her songs she's around like a full electronic drum kit so it kind of adds this different different sense of it that uh it's like it's like danceable music but she's more of like this kind of like DJ performer drummer thing, um, which, which makes it really interesting. And I, I think uh, I want to mention about where the dance floor, because that song is an absolute banger. And that was, this is, that's like predates all of this is from like early 2019. Um, and it feels like the build up to this album was very long, but I'm just glad it paid off in the end because it is a really great pop record. And this feels like, the achievement um she's exactly the sort of person who should be getting nominated for the mercury um because this will do wonders for her um career going forward um and yeah i i, I love it um i think it's a great album okay um yeah nick I, anything I, on georgia yeah yeah um yep. so i feel like the album um could have done with some reordering honestly in terms of track order because I felt like it picked up a lot over the second half from the first half and I will say overall I enjoyed it and I think it had some 
uh, some really interesting sort of elements, like uh, some new ordery stuff going on. But I think it wasn't derivative of that. It was just kind of built off those kind of uh, drum parts and stuff. And I'm interested to hear what Sam's saying about the percussive uh, sort of interest she has, particularly in drumming over everything else, because I think you get that through the album, which is which is really interesting. But yeah, the, the opening, the actual song started out, the first track, I, I found to be a bit too... Um, kind of chirpy almost kind of irritating honestly and i had to work hard to get past that to get to the rest of the album where i got it got to a lot more interesting stuff for me um like i thought never let you go was was pretty interesting um the mix between the bright drums and then these hard cut synths um and then i also liked sort of mellow um which had a really glitchy drum part as well, which I thought worked really well. So yeah, I think I think the album picks up. Um, I don't think it's it's perfect, um, but uh, you know, and it's, it's obviously as I've always said, it's not a genre I'm, I'm totally au fait with. But I think it I think it works well if you, if you just have to get past that opening few couple of songs that I wasn't as keen on. I didn't actually have to say didn't actually love about work the dance floor as much as uh, some of the other tracks later on. So yeah, okay. that's me. All right, question two time then. So. The question, second question is, what would be the most upsetting winner? And I'm going to start with Matt. So, are you ready, Matt? Yeah. 90 seconds starts <laughs> this sounds now. so pained. <laughs> what would be your most upsetting winner? Go. Uh, Dua Lipa. It's a bad record. It's really bad. It's... End of comments. <laughs> I, yeah, it feels like a pop record from like 15 years ago to me. It's quite... I don't know how many times I listened to this record, but I would often just skip it because i found it really it was boring but also annoying because it did feel like this very it's it's called future nostalgia and it felt very nostalgic and when you have albums like charlie xxx and um uh georgia on it where they're like pushing pop in interesting ways and really melding together different new ideas and creating something that's very now this just felt irrelevant um, and Irrelevant. I don't know why it's on this list because it seems to defy the point of this. Okay. Is that you? Yeah. Scaving, scaving. <laughs> okay. We're going to go to, uh, I just need to restart my timer, but we're going to go to Nick next. So, Nick, what would be your most upsetting winner? Start now. I'm going to do a really shocking one. I'm going to go with Duralipa, Future Nostalgia. Oh which I consider to be absolute trash album. I, I really <laughs> hated this album so much, I can't really describe. The first song, Future Nostalgia, is, I think it's the European track, has this lyric, you can't handle my sound, all the way through it. And I just think it was so hilariously overstating the freshness of the sound that she thinks she's generating, which is ultimately, as far as I'm concerned, completely forgettable and facile. It just sounds like 100,000 other people who have, over the last 20 years we've done pop albums who have now thankfully been forgotten. And I, I just think it, that's where it deserves to be. The idea that it could be on this list is shocking to me, really shocking and really <laughs> sad. And then this is where I say what I was going to say about the Charlie X, XCX. That's so much, that's a total yin-yang, like it's a completely different way of approaching this music and a way that's engaging and interesting and complex as I talked about. This album is just totally by the numbers and just dull, dull, dull. Yeah, that's it. Wow. Two scathing reviews. Okay. Are you ready to time me, Nick? Um, Matt, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Let's go. Okay, so this was by far the easiest question to answer for me. I think Georgia's Seeking Thrills is not only the weakest and least interesting album on the shortlist by Country Mile, but is also one of the least enjoyable albums I've listened to in any detail this year. <laughs> um, within the first three songs, it feels like we're throwing back to so many different genres of music that I hope was left behind in the 90s. 
Um, started out sounds like some terrible Raga dance floor remix that Peter Andre would have guessed it on. About the work, about work the dance floor spends its whole runtime over one of the most predictable '90s beats I've heard in quite some time. And I feel like I've heard a different version of Never Let You Go by some other pop singer in the charts every year since I was born. Um, <laughs> Mellow is like a pop version of Chumbawamba's song where they just list alcoholic drinks that they've had that evening. And the delivery is terrible on it. Um, and as much as I struggled with all of those songs, she was saving the words for later. I mean, Ultimate Sailor is just bizarre to me. How that song was made by someone, I don't, I don't know. It's awful. And it's followed by the equally cringy Ray Guns. Um, just totally flummoxed by this being on the shortlist. I know I'm not the target audience, but there, there are two other pop albums here that I, I thought were at least trying to do something interesting and new. Um, George's album doesn't feel fresh to me at all. I hear nothing of interest in the lyrics, in the music, or the song construction. That's me for Georgia. So, yeah. I'm actually crying. Did you hit your head? I'm crying. <laughs> it's the worst album God. I've heard in a very long time. I'll leave it at that. Okay, Sam, are you ready? 90 seconds. Yeah. Sam's just start now. Gone off and discussed. Uh, um, I'm not going to be anywhere near as horrifically mean as you three have just been. Uh, but my, my pick is Porridge Radio, Every Bad. Uh, so I know you, you guys did this on the podcast, but yeah. um, I, um, I just found this completely forgettable. And yet the only thing that I remember about the album every time I listened to it was how irritating the entire thing was. <laughs> I just so it just left me uh there's actually a couple of records that I'd say there's like eight great albums on this shortlist and four irritating albums on this shortlist and this was the most irritating of the work those um I I I actually think it's better than some of the really bad albums that have previously been nominated um but I just I see all these things saying how nuanced the the songs are and I, I just didn't get any of that. I, I I got nothing at all from listening to this other than irritated with the performance and the lyrics and the the repetitive nature of every song. Uh yeah, that that was it for me. Okay. I think you were pretty I, vicious. Come on. I, I kinda guess you were gonna mean. It got a bit worse actually. That was yeah. <laughs> I kinda guess you were gonna pick Porridge Radio. Um Okay, so we've got we've talked about Georgia already. I don't know if anyone wants to shout at me for my Georgia views. You can if you want. Or well, you are wrong, you, but that's, you, you're definitely yeah. wrong. Hundred okay. percent. Fair enough. Um, we'll leave it at that. Uh, Porridge Radio. I'm not going to say loads about Porridge Radio, other than I think it's great. Um, it would be for me top five on the on the on the shortlist, and I think it's a very good shortlist. Um, yeah, I think it's a great album. We've all talked about Porridge Radio. Does anyone else want to say anything? Or? I'm not going to talk about that one now. No. I'll talk about it later. Uh, I think for me it's got, since we covered it, I'm less interested in it. <laughs> but it's still it's still fun. But it's not, I'm not, it's not like a high quality, like high watermark for music innovation, I don't think. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, there's, 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 there's things like that could have been, been listed over it, I think. I think like... Um, for me, one thing I did write in my notes, though, is that I do think it has actually... A lot of the time when we cover albums on the playlist and, and I love them at the time, I then find that I kind of forget about them, whereas I have kept coming back to that album. I, I think it's grown on me since then, so I do, I do think it's a great album. But, yeah. Okay, so that just leaves Dua Lipa. Sam? So I picked this going into the original... When we did that article on... Uh, which albums we think should be nominated and i picked this really? because this is <laughs> sorry <laughs> the pop album of 2020 this is 
there, there's been I, I personally like through this whole lockdown period there's been a series of really big big sounding high profile escapist pop records from like Lady Gaga and the Jessie Ware one and the Christine the Queens and these big big sounding records and they've all been great and this is the best of them all like and I I can understand. I can understand why, uh, if you're not into pop music, you wouldn't like this. So Nick not liking it, I'm not as surprised. Um, but then you're gonna like the Charlie but, XCX. So, but then you liking that because I, I just think <laughs> this this the pop music on this album is just so much better than anything on any of the other pop records on this shortlist. Like th- those, I listed out all the songs that are like that. I think I've I've probably played this album more than anything else on this whole list and it's not even my number one um overall um but like cool break your heart physical um don't start now hallucinating levitating all of those songs are like they will define this time for me like in when i think in my head of what what songs um i remember i've listened to this album so much and i love it to death and uh, it's been a dark year after all no wonder you're associating but with this like, album. I, I, like i was i was a i was one of when, when she first came out a, a couple of years ago um and kind of started starting having hits and um, i was like oh it's probably not going to happen it's probably not going to happen for her but for me this this as a second album it's like it's it's such a step above what, what's come before um and i think is it, um, it inventive or is it just a challenge on that? It, just compared to this Charlie XCX, I know you hate that one in particular, but does this Jurupa so, seem inventive to you? But what, why, what, it depends what you're qualifying as what should, I'm not yeah. saying it should win the Mercury. I, yeah. I, I actually don't think it should win. Mm. Um, I think, I think it deserves to be nominated because it is the sound of this year in British music because it's the most worldwide commercially I relevant think that's a really relevant song. point absolutely what, what is album. the criteria we've had this conversation Where is, in the past tests, haven't we what, what is the criteria yeah, for this I, I, don't, I don't think it should win because I, I don't think it is the most deserving album on the shortlist in terms of the reasons why you would award it mm. but as my as one of my favourites as mm. one I actually would listen to out of choice and that's the thing is that like if you want to listen to something then surely that's that's a good thing and mm. um, I just find myself going back to it over and over again mm. um, and yeah, to, to me, it's it's a great pop record. Um, whether or not it's inventive or not, I, I don't think music needs to be. I don't yeah, think loads okay. of these other albums that's are inventive. The, um, and I don't the, think the, the Charlie XCX album is inventive. I think it's mm. actually pretty lazy at times. I think it falls back on being weird over having a decent hook um, <laughs> and having something that you would want to listen to twice. Right. Uh, I'd rather so have something I want to listen to again, uh, which the Dua Lipa is for me. So well, I'm going I'm to give Sam a bit of backing up on, on Dua Lipa. Because, um, yeah, I mean, I didn't love it, and but it grew on me. And, you know, there was a couple of tracks that, like Levitating and Good in Bed, that I never really got into. But I think songs like Cool, Physical, Pretty Please, Love Again, I think they're, you know, they're good, fun pop songs, and I can totally understand why they're so popular. What amazed me was when I was looking at the albums on Spotify, how many listens this album has had and these songs have had. I mean, she's huge. So I think it deserves yeah. to be nominated. Um, I think Boys Will Be Boys is probably my favourite song on there, and I think it's the first one, it's the one that does something other than just be a good pop song as well. It's got a good message. It's 
you know, and I think it's a good message to give to her kind of audience as well. So, I mean, I, I wouldn't want it to win, and it's probably in my bottom half of this of the playlist. But in general, I, I think it's a good pop album, and I think way more understood why it's nominated than um, than Georgia personally. But yeah, I think it's decent. Do you prefer it to Georgia then, Sam? Yeah, okay. I definitely. You know, you like I, Georgia, don't you? Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I, I really yeah. like both. Mm, but um, I for me like. Future nostalgia will be in my top five of the year, hundred percent. Mm. There's, there's no, there's no doubt about that in my head. Mm. Well, yeah. right, cool. Next question time. So the next question is, which album do you think will win? And we're going to start with Nick. Are you ready, Nick? Yep. Go. I think the album that will win is Porridge Radio, and the only real reason I think that they'll win is that last year was it last year Wolf Alice won? Year before. Year before and. And I felt that was actually, this is actually a worse album than that even, but in both cases, I just felt like, how could that possibly have a chance? Mm. Like, how could, how could that? And then just knowing my luck, it just did it. So I feel like there's not really much criteria other than that. It, it's, still, <laughs> it's still a complete repetition fest. It's still so tedious. And so it has such faux angst all the way through it with the end, endless repetition of, of all those phrases that are so meaningful. Uh, that they, you know, they know their way to their own words. I just find it really, really um, overly dramatic and over the top in those terms. Uh, the music is is just really forgettable. Um, there's a pop song is one of them, isn't it? It's one of the tracks that I find is is particularly a good example of the juvenile type of songwriting that I've, I come to, I hear throughout this album. Um, things like you know, I'm never coming back. Kind of wind through clenched teeth. It just sounds just sounds so obviously. Um, uh, petty, really, honestly. So I, I would, I would really, very disappointed if it wins. Uh, but I think it's probably got a good chance because that's just how things go. <laughs> so that's just based on your previous betrayals. Exactly. By exactly. The, yeah. How much time I've been let down? Yeah. I, I am going to go out on a limb and say that Porridge Radio has not got a chance of winning this. But okay, well, let's hope so. Um, I don't think so. Okay, Matt, are you ready to sign me? Um, yeah. Yeah. Go. Okay, so while I think there's a few that stand a really good chance this year, I think that the eventual winner is going to be Dark Matter by Moses Boyd. Um, there's a few reasons for this. Firstly, I think of all the albums on the list, it's the most interestingly and creatively put together. I think the way it starts with three instrumental tracks and a, an interlude kind of tricks you into thinking it is just a jazz album, albeit for me it would be just a very good jazz album from them, those songs. But then on track four, we go into Shades of You with Poppy Ajuda. Um which is much more of a sort of trip-hoppy hip-hop song and has one of the best bass lines I've heard in a very long time. I think the introduction of a vocal guest at this point adds something really extra to the album and that continues with the next song, Dancing in the Dark, which I think is the best song on the album. Um, I think Dancing in the Dark is also another reason why it's, it could win because I think it has that political element, which I think will play a role considering what we've seen this year, but it doesn't go over the line to, you know, Mercury sometimes seems to have a line about how political an album can be and still win, so I think that might be why Kano might not win and this will. Um, and then after that, it just continues to mix it up in terms of genre. I think some of it makes me think of Massive Attack, but with a more jazzy undertone. And I think we've seen over the years, Mercury likes to give the prize to artists who think about the construction of their album as a whole, rather than just a collection of songs. So I think it'll win for those reasons and for lots of others that I can't get into in 90 seconds. But I have to say, like, it was really hard not to choose this as my favorite new discovery. I adore it and I would love to see it win. And I think along with three other albums on the list, if it does win, it'll be my favourite winner since the XX in 2010. Stop. Stop. 
Okay, that's me. That was perfectly timed. Perfection. I'm amazing. Ah, hey, you had a, you were a seconds over. Yeah, but that's that's perfect. Is it? No. Wow. Yeah. One second too many is perfection. <laughs> no. No. Okay. No. Sam, what do you think will win? Start now. So I, I had two for this. The Moses Boyd was one of mine. I, I think um, that that has a really good chance. But I, I, I do think that Michael Kiwanuka, um, his self-titled Kiwanuka album, I, I just, everything seems to have aligned perfectly. I think on this shortlist, it, it sits in its own place. I think a lot of the other albums have similar albums that are maybe competing against them. Um, I think it's it's very unique in that sense. It's very current. It's very topical. Um, and I'll kind of go into a bit more detail maybe on the next question. Who knows? Um, but uh, <laughs> I just I, th- I think I think as an album, it's the most kind of complete album there. And maybe this is because I'm trying to be like optimistic, um, not like Nick um, <laughs> saying that I've been burned before uh, that I, I think, I think this will win. I, I can't really see a situation when it doesn't. And I think if it doesn't, then the Moses Boyd one will win. Um, yeah. Okay. Fantastic. Okay. So that's just Matt left for who he thinks yeah. will win. Are you ready? Yeah. Go. Yep. And I agree with Sam. I think the Kiwanuka album should win. I, I, I think it is the best album in the list and it like i for the exact same points as what sam said it does feel unique on the list it doesn't feel like it, it's uh got other similar albums that it has to compete with and i think it, it does a nice job of both it has a both a traditional yet um contemporary sound at the same time it has this kind of rich and kind of classy sound to it but it's also um, very uh new and it is a very like holistic project it does sit as an album super well so i beyond it being the best it also just everything else is um seems like it should be the pick but we'll see okay so, um, that's all of us. The only one that we haven't talked about before is the q and I'm going to kick us off there, I think, if you don't mind, Nick. Yeah. Um, so, I think everyone knows I'm a massive Michael Kiwanuka fan. Um, I think each of his albums is astonishingly good. And this was definitely in contention for the album I want to win the competition. I'd be overjoyed to see him win it. I think he really deserves it from, you know, his career so far. And just he's a really lovely guy as well. Um, so, it'd be lovely to see him win it. Um, I think I'm quite lucky in the respect that I'd, I'd like there's half the shortlist that I'd be happy to see win. Um, yeah, and I reviewed Kiwanuka when it came out, and I think my review, reading, I read it back before this, and I think it came across more harshly than I intended. I think the point I was trying to make at the time was that um, the media and a lot of reviewers were acting like this was some big surprise and a huge step forward for him, when for me, at least, I don't think it was. I think like he's always he's been doing amazing stuff for a long time, and I actually prefer his previous album. Um, so I don't think anybody should have been surprised at how good this is. Um, so yeah, because I prefer his last album, that's why it's maybe not my choices which should win, which I want to win this. But that said, it is a fucking superb album. Um, saying I prefer his last album isn't an insult, as I listen to that album probably every week. And I think this one has some of the best moments of his career in Hero, Rolling, You're Not the Problem, and Piano Joy. So yeah, I'd love to see him win. I think he's got a very, very good chance. 
Uh, but I think he might miss out because the favourite never wins the Mercury, and I think he is definitely the favourite. So I think he, you know, we never see the favourite win. Mm. So I think he'll miss out for those reasons. But yeah, what did you think, Nick? Uh, yeah, okay. I um, I don't have a huge amount to say, and except that I really have never been able to understand what the fuss is about him. Mm. I just don't get it. I really don't get it. And I've really, really tried. I've listened to this album and the last one more than once, several times in each case, to try and tune in to what is so exciting to people about him. And I, it just seems incredibly okay. It just seems all right. It just, it's just, it's fine. Wow. It's fine. Oh. I just don't understand. I, I, and, I, and it's actually genuinely frustrates me because I just, I would love to know what what joy people are getting out of it because I, I don't get it. You know, I, I it does. They don't stick with me the songs on this album, uh, nor the other one, the one I'd heard before. So I feel sorry um, for you. Yeah, I mean, I feel sorry for myself. So there you go. Uh, no, so it just, <laughs> it just seems, just seems like it's. Um, well produced, solid, um, sort of well put together, but just not exciting to me. Doesn't wow. it doesn't connect with me at all. So yeah, I can't say much more than that. Really, I really have no vocabulary for it, unfortunately. Well, yeah, I, I can't say. I, I can't say I wanted to win on that basis. Okay. Well, you mean you are very wrong, but it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's okay. Okay. So last question. So the last question is. What would you want to win? And I'm going to go first. So, Matt, when you're ready. Go. Okay, so, you know, I want to say, I've said it before, I think there's at least four and maybe six albums that I'd be really happy to see win this year. And it took me quite a long time to decide this. But in the end, I realised I was just trying to resist picking the choice that is the most predictable for me. But I couldn't resist that in the end. I want Laura Marling to win this with Songs for Our Daughter. (laughs) Um, Partly that is because she's one of my one of my top five artists of all time and I'd just love to see her finally get the recognition she deserves but also I think it's because this album is definitely one of the best on this very strong list I think it's so well put together so much attention to detail and it's just a collection of really incredible songs I think throughout her career I've always been amazed at how confident she is in her music Like, but this album just exudes that more than any before I think I think the way she presents this album just shows that she's finally accepted how much her fans love her and decided that's enough because I think on the last two albums she was maybe trying to change it a little bit, maybe trying to do something a little bit different. But I think this album just shows she knows she's on the top of the game and she's happy with that. And I think folk albums never win the Mercury Award, so I'd be very surprised if it does win. But I'd love to see it. I think anyone who writes songs like Strange Girl, Blow by Blow, Only the Strong and End of the, End of the Affair deserves to win prizes like this. So, yeah, fingers crossed for Laura. That's me. Who's next? It is Sam. And I think we might already know, but start now, Sam. Yeah, in news that will surprise no one, I want Michael Kubanuka to win. Uh, I think it's just an astounding album. I'm I'm amazed by it every time. Um, I think last year it was was my second favourite album of the year, only behind Little Sims. I just needed to make sure we mentioned Little Sims in a (laughs) couple Thank you so Uh, much. But uh, no, so for me, it's just so lush and expansive and i i love what it's the small details in between songs and the way that the interludes kind of meld into one another um that makes it such an amazing piece of work um i think songs like hero uh and rolling and you ain't the problem um the, the way that the mus- musicians play on those songs and the way that um michael sings on them is just so uh, it kind of like 
is so massive and then also feels so honest. There's there's never a moment where you don't believe a word that he's saying. Um, and I think on an album that kind of touches on things, um, uh, touches on kind of like violence and touches on how it feels to be black in the UK and in the world, um, I, I think it's amazing to hear such a personal album that's so classic. I, I feel like no album on this list will sound as good as it does 10 years from now. I'll let you finish your sentence. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Very good. Um, and as, you, as it was your second favourite to Little Sims last year, we could arguably say it was in the shadow of, of Little Sims, <laughs> couldn't we? <laughs> oh, I'm never going to move past this, am I? <laughs> nope. Okay, Matt, okay, who do you want to win? Start now. Uh, Anna Meredith oh. with her album Fibs. I I love this album. I love all her work. Um, I think this is maybe just because I love this album so much. It, I'm not sure if it is the best album. I think my, the Kurenuka album might be the better album. Probably is. But this is just my personal favourite. Um, and I think the, for me last year, this it was between this and Billie Eilish for the best album of... Uh, or my favorite album of 2019, um, and it's just because I, I I love the way that she's able to deliver so much emotion and so much um, um, vitality through instrumental music. It conveys so much um, without lyrics, and so I know that this may be a stumbling block for some of the other uh, picky bastards, but for me, it was just the the way she can go from like this disorientation and claustrophobia to just uh like euphoria and joy so quickly and between the different songs it it um it's fantastic and it, there's no one that sounds like her and so to be able to push forward in her own path in that way and um, i have the utmost uh respect just hoping you drag that last word out a little bit more than you were doing because you had like three seconds left but never mind yeah. oh. no, i'm just perfect Okay, Matt. Uh, no, Nick, not Matt, because Matt just spoke. Nick. No, I, just, I can talk again about yeah. it. We've <laughs> had enough time. Nick. But another 90 seconds go on the clock. Yeah, go, yeah, go, for, go for it. Okay, Nick, what do you want to win? Start now. Uh, I think I'm going to go with the Laura Marling. Oh. Um, and I'm going to go with it. Uh, I want to talk about two sides to it, really. Um, I think I'll start with the positives. Fortune is probably the best song on all these on all these albums put together. It's like the, it's, it's the best single track. I think it's an absolutely fantastic track. And I think End of the Affair and Song for Our Door mm. around it make a really powerful three-song sort of hit of, of tracks, which I think is incredibly beautiful. I was a really big fan of uh, the one we did for the album of the decade, uh, Once I Was an Eagle. Um, this album is nowhere near as good as that, though, I will say, in my opinion. Um, and I think, honestly, it doesn't start very well for me. In fact, I think it doesn't really get brilliant until it gets to Songs for Our, Song for Our Daughter about halfway through. So either trimming it down or reordering things would have helped a lot for my personal taste in the, on the matter. Um, because I think at that, se that second half of the album is very, very strong. The first half of the album is a bit more... Um, and this just sounds really pejorative, a bit more jangly almost. It's just a bit too energetic for the delicacy of the t of the genre to me. and uh, doesn't really work in that way. So I felt like Alexandra and Held Down I wasn't wasn't in love with. So yeah, but then when it got up to that second half, it really got powerful. So I'd almost say it's it's a fantastic EP. 
uh, and but not a fantastic album. But I think it speaks to my feelings about the playlist, the, the shortlist as a whole, um, that I'm saying that. I know. Right. Me. Well, um, I mean, you're wrong. You're right, but you're wrong. <laughs> you chose the right album, but. <laughs> Most of my favourite songs are in the first five songs, I would say. I, I, I agree with you on End of the Affair, but um, Blow by Blow, Strange Girl, Only the Strong. Yeah. All the last track for fantastic. you, all, all that second half of the album is, is way stronger than it's, the first half. Yeah, it's an incredible album. Um, okay, so we've... Sam or Matt, do you want to speak about Laura Marlin? Sure. Go, Matt. I can jump in. I, she's obviously great, but for me, I think going off from what Fran said about her appealing to her fan base it does feel like a cons like it, this album consolidates mm. her her like um position and it, it it really helps her position like consolidating this idea that she is one of the big leaders in folk music and one of the strong strongest voices in that but i don't th- i agree with nick it's not near nearly close to her best albums i i'd put it as maybe one of the albums of hers that i like least mm-hmm. along with maybe short movie i just i just i felt it was very background for me you think that it's um, not as you think center for mina is a better album um i think there was more points in semper for mina which i grabbed onto mm-hmm. But that might also be because I saw her doing the Semper Femina yeah. uh, tour, and so I get like hooked onto that. That's more. the sad thing for me about like this album coming out during this because I think Laura Morning Live. I think she's actually she's on BBC Three tonight, by the way. Um, live with the Prom with a full orchestra playing this album, so do check it out if you if you can. But I think I'd love to see her live on this album. I think it always does improve an album of hers for me once I've seen it live. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Sam, uh, yeah. I'm oh, sorry, Matt. Did you finish? No, 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 no. I was just adding words for no reason. <laughs> <laughs> um, obviously, I love Laura Mullen. Um, we all know that. Um, and this is her... I, I think this is her best album since uh, Eagle. Um, mm, I, I think uh, I actually liked the last two, but in, this, in the same ways that you were saying, that uh, this is her kind of returning to going, okay, I know what I'm doing. It's, it's, the mm. confidence is definitely there. But then I also sort of agree with what Matt's saying about uh, the more interesting elements of the last two albums. I feel like I'll remember them more than maybe these ones. I think yeah. this album has benefited massively from being released now. Um, I don't think even think I think it was meant to come out like or end of August originally. Yeah, it would have been out and around then, now. I think. Yeah, yeah. So I actually think that releasing it when it was and then being able to sit with it um, has made it become more of a big thing um i'm so happy she's nominated um but i would i'd feel even though i want laura marling to win the mercury at some point um i would feel a bit annoyed that she hadn't won it for the other three albums that she was nominated for over this um because i think those are like all-time classic albums and i don't nomination i didn't realize that. yeah she she was nominated for her first two and then once i was an eagle Mm. um I, i think this uh, is is a great record. Um, I think songs like uh, "End of the Affair" is is I love that song. Um, I love the like countryish twang on like "Hope We Meet Again." Mm. Um, I I think "For You" is the weirdest song she's ever released. Um, yeah. That is a strange Laura Marling song. 
Um, like do you it. like it though? I like it's, it. Uh, it's interesting. It's probably the most interesting moment. Um, do you know she recorded that on her iPhone, um, <laughs> which I thought was pretty amazing. <laughs> wow. But uh, yeah, I I love it. I, I think it's a great album, but I don't think it should win this mm. year. Um, it's probably one of my favourites on the shortlist. Um, but I, I don't think that this would be the album that would win her the Mercury. Yeah, um, I will admit that I think a big part of the reason I've chosen her partly is because I was struggling to separate Moses Boyd, Kano, Michael Kiwanuka and Laura Marlin. And, and I'd like to see her win because of her career and because of her. Yeah. Um, I love all four of those albums and I'd be really happy to see any of them win. But I think it, it's just Laura Marlin that, that got it over the edge for me because I just think she deserves to win the prize. And I'd love to see a folk album win the prize as well because I think it's really you know, a bit of an underappreciated genre when it comes to prizes and stuff because it's seen as just, oh, it's just someone on a guitar, but it's, there's so much more to a Laura Marlin album than just someone on a guitar, isn't there? So that's kind of why I chose it, I think. Okay, so Anna Meredith. I'll talk about Anna Meredith. Um, so I really liked Anna Meredith's last album, which we covered on the podcast before Matt was on board and Nick yeah. hated it. Nick despised it. It was on the Green Man play and you you I can't remember the exact words, but it was probably the most scathing I've ever heard you be of an album. Really? So wow. yeah, so yeah, so you hated it. Um I was a fan of that one and I think this is a step up. I think despite it starting with a hugely abrasive sawbones, I do think this album has got a better balance than the last one between songs that are very chaotic and intense and those that are a bit more melodic. As Matt pointed out, I often enjoy the songs with vocals more and songs like Inhale, Exhale, Killjoy and Ribbons were my favourites here. But I also like Moon Moons, which I think is the best to show her sort of roots as a classical composer and Paramore, which is an instrumental, is clearly the standout. But then I think there's some real missteps on this album as well. I can't stand the song Limpet and I can't stand Bump. Um, and I think it's just up against too much tough opposition so it's it's not really in the top half of my of my list here but i do i do appreciate it and i do i do like her nick seems you hated the last one so much and can't remember it what did you think of this one yeah well um i thought this was actually all right it's actually quite good yeah um, oh wow okay yeah yeah i thought it was all right i thought it was um inventive uh genuinely inventive <laughs> your think... tastes have changed during this podcast you need to go back and listen to the green man episode when we talked about the last one because you were Scathing, so. I, I, I believe you. Um, mm. uh, but yeah, so I, I'll argue against myself then, and just say that I think it's, I think <laughs> it's, um, I think it's inventive. Um, I think it's sometimes emotionless. That's the worry I had about it. Sometimes it feels like it goes down the rabbit hole so much that it's like a technical exercise, um, which is no real surprise, I suppose, given her kind of credentials as a classical trained in musician and stuff. It's not, it's not, um, you know, it's more thought out than a lot of other other genres. So mm. um, there were songs I, I like. Callion I liked uh, quite a bit um, they were just kind of dark and energetic which I quite liked it sounded a little bit like The Knife um, if you remember The Knife mm, um, yeah. and I think, I think if you're a fan of that you'd be a fan of this in general um, but yeah I mean other than the fact it was uh, I swear I didn't put in any other four big questions because I, I didn't you know hit the, the, the high points or the low points for me but um, of those four questions but yeah it was, I thought it was I thought it was good and I thought it was um, but I thought it was sometimes clinical yeah. If that makes sense. Definitely clinical. Definitely. Yeah. Sam? Um, I think this was the one I was the most excited to listen to after Matt recommended it for it. And um, I absolutely hate this album. Um, <laughs> yeah. I I don't get what everyone is saying about it. It's It sounds like 
it sounds like someone did like a remix album of like you know like a kids thing you know like those like long videos on youtube that are like those like endless videos of kids songs it's like a remix album of that it's so <laughs> strange and it's i'd say stressful is the word it makes <laughs> yeah, me feel yeah, yeah. like i don't know what's going to happen next and i don't want to know uh like <laughs> and it's so I, I just have i very this was really close to being my least favorite album on the whole shortlist it's like the num, number 11 um i really really didn't like this album uh, i don't know anna meredith anna meredith stuff at all um i'm probably the one wrong you three all seem to like it so but i, just I, would, I would say don't listen to the first one um, no, I totally, I can, I can totally understand why people don't, wouldn't like it. And I think when you say it's stressful, it, I, I had written down that it's anxiety provoking, and I think I, I could only listen yeah. to it when I was in certain moods if I was feeling a bit stressed, if I was having. But like, a, I don't want my music no to do that. Like, I don't, mm. I, I want to enjoy myself, especially yeah. right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was not one I could listen along to while I was working, which is what I, you know, if, when it came on on the playlist, I would have to skip it if I was trying to do work. It's, it is quite stressful, but. I don't mind that in my music occasionally. Yeah, I I like the stress. <laughs> yeah, Matt's just the most <laughs> laid-back person on the planet, though, so he needs something to stress him out. Like, yeah, yeah maybe that's have what you, it is. Have any of you watched Eighth Grade at all? No. Yes. Because she does the soundtrack to that. Yeah. Oh. Um, and the anxiety-driven uh, nature of her music can, uh, really helps the, 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 the film along yeah. in yeah. a really interesting way. Cool. It's a great film. It is. Right. Okay, so I think that's all of them um, from that question. So we've just got three albums that we haven't touched on yes. at all. So I'm just going to run past them in the order that they're on the list I wrote down. So first of all, sports team, Deep Down Happy. Sam, do you want to start us off? I was hoping that we'd talk about this. This is the one that was like the most, the closest to being in the upper category from the lower category for me in this list. Uh it just makes it into the irritating pile <laughs> entirely based on his voice. Um, okay. I just found it impossible to get past that. And I tried and I really enjoyed the rest of the music. I actually think this would be a really great album, um, but I just couldn't get past his voice. Um, I think songs like Feels Like Fawn and Camel Crew, and I really like them musically, but I just... Uh, I, if sung by anyone else, I think I'd have loved this album. Mm. Um, and it would have probably been my, like, big discovery. But I couldn't get past the the su- sung, speaking, shouting at me, shouting through the stereo <laughs> kind of, like, <laughs> voice. It was very weird. Okay. Matt, I have a sneaking suspicion you're a fan of this band. Am I, am I right? I, I like this. Mm. I don't. I don't think it's particularly amazing or uh, that exciting, but it's been really fun to listen to the album. Mm. I think it's been interesting thinking, like a lot of people have been talking about all this landfill stuff with landfill indie. Yeah. I don't think if this came out 10, 15 years ago, it would make any waves. Mm. But the fact that it's a little bit more, it has a little bit less competition, I think it, it does mean it, does stick out more to me and makes it more interesting um but it doesn't it doesn't feel like it's stepped forward in any way since in those 15 years like even it feels very 
data even like in its references it has an entire song about Ashton Kutcher <laughs> which, which he was relevant 15 years ago and not anymore really I mean was he ever so, relevant though? was he well he was yeah he was because he got he married a star yeah um but yeah I don't know I, I liked it a lot I, but in a in a way where I just it was fun to listen to mm. but it wasn't um, something where I'm gonna I'm not gonna hold this down as some musical achievement or really listen to it much yeah. I think beyond this I'm gonna jump in because you said some things that are similar to, to what I feel I think I was expecting to hate this album given what I'd heard and seen of the band so far and I did find it a bit difficult to get into at first I think it does feel like all that landfill indie um, that's been spoken about so much recently. And I feel like if it had been released back then, when I was into that kind of music, I might have loved it. Um, it is as good as a lot of those acts were, I think. Um, but it also feels to me like it would have fit in better at that time. Um, I didn't hate it. I kind, I kind of enjoyed some of it. I expected it to be pretty annoying. Uh, but really, the only song that annoyed me particularly was the Aston Kutch, the one I hated that. <laughs> But, um, but yeah, well, I, I don't think they're massively astute politically, but then they do have a couple of songs where they have some decent messages, like Here's the Thing. So I was pleasantly surprised given what I was expected, but I think it would be a really bad winner. Uh, I don't think it'll age very well, and I, I already think it sounds like it should have come out a decade ago. Um, my last point on it really is that I feel like it took up a space that an album like The Murder Capital could have had, the one that I wanted to get nominated. <laughs> and I just think this compared to that is... It's a, it's a, you know, it's just not in the same league. So it's a bit sad to not see an album like that and, and an album like this to get the space. But that's just me wishing that was nominated. I think. What about you, Nick? Uh, yeah. So uh, lots of things come out of what you've all said and my thoughts on it anyway. Um, most of all, I guess I, I agree that this album uh, should not be on a Mercury shortlist. Um, it's it's not really got enough to it to, to seem like it's worth it's worth the time. Uh, I thought it was fun, like several of you have said. I thought it was dated in some ways, but I thought it was, and I thought it was derivative of Art Brute in particular, who yeah. I absolutely love. Um, and I think uh, it was like Art Brute without the real punchlines. It was just, it just wasn't as funny, wasn't as clever, as fast. Mm. You know, it just wasn't as, as good hooks. It was, it was just a, a you know a weaker version of a, of a great band that would in themselves, even though I do really like Art Brute. I don't think I would want Arbu to win the Mercury Music Prize this year, you know. So, uh, let alone this band. So, uh, to me, it wasn't really wasn't really up to it, um, which I thought was was a pity. There were some moments I thought were, again, energetic enough to be engaging, but mm. um, uh, it just sounded a little bit tired, I'll say. Um, okay. But I do think it speaks to what you know from what Fran's saying about all our votes for what should go into the sh the shortlist and how wrong we were in most cases. Um, and, and how the sports team has been dropped into that mix is, is kind of surprising. Uh, yeah. I suppose you've got to reflect on what Mercury is meant to be, as everyone always does all the time in the articles. Well, what is the point of Mercury? Um, if, it's not just, if it's not just a re reflection of sales or streams, then, then what are you trying to measure? Uh, to me, this is not what you're trying to measure. You're not trying to measure the album that's the most kind of a laugh you know just a bit of a bit of fun that's yeah. not really for me what qualifies <laughs> the best album of the year do you think is there a reward for that maybe they should have an award for that the <laughs> should, yeah exactly yeah yeah, yeah. Art, Art Brute should adjudicate yeah so yeah yeah uh, yeah that's that that's all i got to say on that one okay the sports team okay so the next on the list is the lanterns on the lake album spook the herd matt do you want to start us off sure um i like this 
I I think I would uh, place it fairly high on my list, but not not anywhere near threatening to win. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought there was some really good songs like uh, When It All Comes True and Every Atom. Um, I guess the the biggest drawback for me, it just the sound does drag for me by the end. It because it's it is just this big consistent kind of warm wall of noise it feels like a lot of the time mm-hmm. and so it doesn't a lot of the time it doesn't feel like you're going anywhere and so it, as an album it's a kind of very consistent sound but um it's a long time to be doing just that cons- consistent thing and like for me it felt almost like anna calvi but without any crescendos it's like you'd ironed out her music and made it very uh-huh. uh like flat um but I, I, I enjoyed it nonetheless. I, yeah, probably middle of the pack. Okay. Nick? I'd also put it middle of the pack as well, yeah. Um, mm. I would say it was... Um, I thought it lyrically had some interesting stuff. It had a good mix of kind of manifest and more kind of obscure elements in the lyrics. There was a couple of bits I actually wrote down um, from every atom. I took your cigarettes to our secret place. I knocked on every door in your estate. I haven't seen the cavalry march for peace, but I haven't caught a glimpse of you in weeks. I thought there was good sort of indications of, of stories, hidden stories within that, as well as obvious mm. things, very, very prosaic things. I thought that worked really well. And there were lots of sort of poetic and delicate elements to it. Um, I think overall, though, it seemed a bit too self-conscious a lot of the time. Um, a good example would be Swimming Lessons, I think is one of them, um, which is very kind of dramatically over the top. It's got It's got a lot of um kind of reverb swells which just scream like we're important and i, and I say that that sounds worse than it's than it, than it should really this is a lot mm. better than porridge radio and yeah it's doing something that's a little bit on that same spectrum of like trying to sound like there's something's really important i've just got to tell you how incredibly important this is you know and, <laughs> I, and, I, and I just think that's that's unfortunately sometimes it lands and sometimes it's moving sometimes it, it falls a little bit flat and uh, yeah. like to use that analogy that, that Matt just used. So, um, yeah, I think it could be a little bit more gritty and, and, and a bit more down to earth, and then it would be a bit more powerful, uh, in my humble opinion. Yes. Okay. Sam? Um, yeah, I agree with kind of middle of the pack for this one. Um, I, I do think I liked it. Um, it's definitely my sort of thing. Um, it kind of gave me like London grammar. Um, Kind of like mm, some kind of the XX, but much less interesting um, kind of thing. Of but as in, I, I do, I did really like it. it. It's the sort of thing like on like a long drive in like the mountains or something, and you'd listen to it, and it's very idyllic. And but I don't know if it's like Mercury Prize winning album. Mm. Um, like it was nice. Um, I think when it all comes true was definitely a highlight. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I, I was glad that it was on there. That there was another one that I liked. It's very accessible. If someone was going to say an album that nobody's going to like find annoying or not like, I'd have mm. point. I point them at this one. I don't think. I don't. There's, but again, does that mean that there's not much there in the first place? Easy listening, um, maybe. Yeah, it's like it's very easy to listen to, which is nice, but it's probably not a winner. This is like their sixth album, isn't it? I've yeah, never heard yeah. of them. I've um, heard of them before, but I'd really? say they're probably the yeah. smallest band on this list, which yeah. I think is... Um, but yeah. I have heard of them before, partly because they follow us on Twitter, so that was uh, part of it. But, but um, yeah. Oh, they are yeah. fantastic. After all, absolutely amazing. One of the best bands <laughs> of the decade. 
But yeah, I mean, I think we have a we have a term for lanterns on the lake, and that is middle of the pack. We've all said that. Um, I think it is middle of the pack. Um, and actually, a lot of the albums on this list grew on me. If anything, I would say this kind of did the opposite. Um, I think when I first heard it, I was thought I was going to be a big fan. It has a lot of the things I look for. It has poetic lyrics. It has pretty good builds. Matt said it has no crescendos, but it is all crescendos. Um, and it has a lot of it has a lot of layers to it, I think. And I do like the album, but in the end, it never it never grew on me. I mean, I I like songs like Baddies, Blue Screen Beam, Swimming Lessons, uh, and I think it ends really well with This Is Not a Drill and Fitting Ended. But on the playlist as a whole, because there's a lot of powerful albums, it, it did fade into the background and probably yeah, middle of the pack. So that's me. For can you can you can you have a crescendo if there's no if it's always a crescendo. Yeah. No dynamics well, then, are there? What I mean is, there's a crescendo in pretty much every song. Not that it's always a crescendo through every song, but nearly every song has a crescendo. Mm. So yeah. Mm. Okay, That's not so convinced. we only have Heavy as the Head by Stormzy left. I'm going to kick us off. I think the Stormzy album is fantastic. Um, I've respected him as a cultural figure for a long time, but I haven't really listened to much of his work because I haven't really liked a lot of the singles I've heard. But I enjoyed this album so much more than I expected to. Um, we've listened to a lot of... Now, this is why I was talking about whether Kano is grime earlier, because I've listened to a lot of grime albums, and we have on this podcast and during the Twitter tournaments. We've listened to things like Dave, Jay Hoos, Novelist, Skepta. They're just off the top of my head, but for me, this is by the far the best of any of those albums. But I do feel like it's a different genre to Kano. So I, I don't know a lot of grime. I'm not a big expert, but it's it's probably the best grime album I've listened to. Um, and I think a big reason why is the balance in the album. I think there's a songs that have a lot to say and then the songs that are just a lot of fun without going as far into misogyny and stuff as some artists mentioned above do. So I think there's a great example of that balance in the album. I think the song Crown, he deals with racism and the abuse he receives in the media. Then on Rainfall, we have like a very well put together diss song. Um, and I also really enjoyed songs like Do Better, One Second, and I think Superheroes is fantastic. I love the recognition he gives to sort of other black Brits and their achievements. So with the possible exception of the Ed Sheeran song, which is where I'm coming from when I say the singles, because every mm-hmm. time I've heard a single like that, I've not been drawn in by it, and I didn't really like the Ed Sheeran song. But other than that, I don't really think there's a bad song on here. Um, so yeah, I was, I was a bigger fan of this than I expected. Um, yeah. Who wants to go? I'll go. Um, yeah. I'll just say that, yeah, I mean, I think when you say uh, it's not quite the same as the Kano album, it's not quite the same quality as the Kano album by a mile. Mm. I, I, I don't think it's... I don't um, think it's as good as the Kano album. No. Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't think it's, it's... That's a, you know, that's not a good comparison for Stormzy's sake. Um, I, thought, I thought it was all right. Um, I think um, I found, and I've said this before, I think, on here, I found the pacing of his actual flow to not be that riveting. I find it a little bit slower than I would like sometimes and, and that I find kind of drags the pace down a bit of the songs um, I think um, so Audacity is a good example of that I think um, of, of that kind of sort of slightly more maybe I don't know if relaxed is quite right because it's certainly not relaxed in tone but um, mm. but yeah still that never quite works for me um, I thought songs like Crown had some really nice changes of direction um, where there was some kind of moves between the more uh, kind of beautiful elements and then the more kind of tough sort of mm. uh, aggressive elements. I thought that worked well. Um, I'm not a huge fan of grime in general. I'm not, I'm not certainly not an expert on grime, um, but I thought it was 
definitely glad I heard it. Um, but yeah, the Kano, the Kano is, is a far better, is a far, far better album overall. If it's worth mm-hmm. comparing, them, I don't know. Um, and then the only other thing I've got on my notes is uh, Ed Sheeran feature. Oh dear, <laughs> that's all I've written down. <laughs> Because he's on that everything was, though. He's on an Eminem um, album. He's on everything. Was, really I mean, everywhere. And he seems to be—he's the kiss of death in it. I mean, really, yeah. it's just—it's just come on and just totally uh, shut on the album, basically. Yeah. Uh, so uh, no, it, that was that was pretty poor. Yeah, definitely very poor. about that song. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, that's all I got to say about that one. <laughs> Matt. Uh, yeah, I think we have a consensus about the Ed Sheeran song. Um, <laughs> but I think yeah, I think this is more consistent than his previous album. Um, I do like it. I do think it is a little long, so maybe we could get rid of that Ed Sheeran song. <laughs> yeah, let's do that. Um, and I think I, uh, I think Fran touched a lot on like the ebb and flow of the album, like the tone, mm. and it he manages it pretty well. I just um, the actual uh, type of songs I think um, gets more into again what Nick was saying. There's a little, little lack of pace. I think often my favorite songs by Stormzy are where he is uh, really going for it mm. um and that's that's like i wouldn't want an album of all that but i think there is a little bit too much of the slower pace songs on on this um to really uh to hit the heights of what he could potentially produce essentially um but i think considering his like he i think he's very aware of his position in the genre <laughs> And in as well with British, the crowd cult- song. British culture, yeah. So like, this feels like a safe and solid move for him, and but not necessarily something where he's lighting fires. Okay, Sam. Um, I find it interesting that you you thought this was like a solid move for him. I was. I remember when I first heard this album, I was really surprised by how how down and introspective it was. Because um, it's it's not what I expected after the first one. I I was a, I was a big fan of the first album, um, which I, mm. I actually think is better than this. Um, but I do I do really like this. It's just not the album that I would have expected him to make. Um, I think outside of the, those few songs, I I personally do like the Ed Sheeran song. So well, it's not a consensus. Not quite a consensus. <laughs> but I did write down that you three will hate it. Um, <laughs> But so you it doesn't yeah, make any sense on this album. That's the thing is that it it doesn't yeah. fit with the rest of what it is. Um, I think like there's like a run of run of songs that's like Rainfall and Rachel's Little Brother and uh, all of them kind of fit together. And then occasionally you'll get the the hit single that needs to be there. Like I, I don't think um, I can't even remember what it. Uh, Vossy Bop, the last track. Mm. It's like it doesn't make any sense being there, but it's no. it's a number it one single, so it, it has yeah. to be there. But it doesn't really make sense within the album that he's made. Whereas I think on the first one, um, songs like Big Few Boots and Shut Up and uh, Blinded by Your Grace, the, the big hit singles, I think made more sense. It was the, mm. That was what the album was um, because the rest of it sounded like that. Which uh, So I, I'm, I was actually surprised he got nominated again. But then as listening to the whole, all of the albums, it's kind of, it dawns on you, you go, well, Stormzy kind of is the UK music scene. Like in terms of an artist that is defines like the current generation of mm-hmm. music fans and musicians that are big in the UK, Stormzy is like the number one. Um, so it kind of makes sense that he would be here. And this album has been, uh, is great. So I, 
I think Along it's with Ed fine. Sheeran, of course. Ed Sheeran and him are they're just the you know power duo. That's why it's mm, so yeah, good to yeah. have that song on this album. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think it's interesting though with the whole album. Like you talk about the introspective side of it, and I think what's what, why I enjoyed this so much. I think is that I've kept an eye on Stormzy since Glastonbury, and just the, the abuse he gets in the media and yeah. on social media from people about you know every time he tries to do something positive for his community, he gets called racist against white people, and he just gets so much abuse. Yeah. So to see him actually come at that in the way he did on this album, I thought that was what made it a really a strong album. Uh, a sort of, it was nice to see. I think he's affected by it, and I think you can feel that in his words. I think it really gets to him. But rather than letting him letting it beat him down a little bit, he's come at it quite well on this album, and I think it's that's what made it so interesting to me. I think personally, yeah, it's very considered. Mm. Yeah, which I didn't expect necessarily because I'd heard Vossy Bop and I'd heard the Ed Sheeran song and stuff, and I was like, yeah, it's just another sort of grime album, but I think there was a lot more thought in it. I think, yeah, that's what I liked about it. Okay, that is all the albums. So wow. should we have a quick conversation about what we thought of the playlist? I'm going to go to Nick first, because Nick's indicated something already, I think, so I'm interested to hear what Yeah, is. I'd say overall, um, I was quite disappointed by this collection of songs, this collection of albums. Um, it was, uh, it just felt like, Nothing was thrilling enough. Nothing was breaking new ground. Nothing was was really to the degree I would like to see. And nothing came at me that I was just like... I mean, the Anna Meredith was probably close in terms of weirdness, but nothing came at me that was just like, what the hell is this? It just felt like a lot of um, stuff that was within good, well-executed versions of genre albums. So that's what, okay. that's what I would put with this. I, I, wasn't, I wasn't in love with the list. I would say it was one of the weaker years of the last few years. To say the total opposite to Nick, I thought it was one of the strongest mm. um, strongest lists I remember. Um, I don't remember another time where there's been six albums I would be happy. And when I say six, it's Kano, Moses Boyd, Laura Marlin, Michael Kiwanuka, Porridge Radio and Stormzy. And maybe even Charlie XCX that I wouldn't mind seeing win it. So I think that's pretty... Whereas, strong. whereas for me, I would say one half of one of the albums, the, the second half of Laura <laughs> Marley was worth winning, in my opinion. I mean, you don't think the Kano album's worth winning this prize? Not, no, not really. No. I mean, if, if any of those four, if, like I said earlier, if, if Moses Boyd, Kano, Laura Marley or Michael Kiwanuka win, that would be the best winner since 2010 for me. So I thought it was wow. greatness. Um, with a few that, un, undoubtedly one of the ones that I can't stand will win. So yeah, that's why I put Rose Radio. Yeah. yeah, I think I'm going to call it on that. Yeah, but well, I, actually, one thing that wouldn't surprise me is middle of the pack album that we all mentioned, Lanterns of the Lake. I wouldn't be surprised mm. to see that win, um, but I wouldn't be too happy if it did win. But I wouldn't, I wouldn't cry. I wouldn't cry. Yeah. Okay, we'll finish with the guest. So let's go to Matt. What did you, what did you think? Oh, um, I, I thought it was really good. I, there's only one album I actively disliked. Um, I think I'd be happy if five of them, mm. different ones win. And they're quite, they're also quite different albums from each other, which I think is maybe not a feeling I've had before. Yeah. For, the, for, for, for feeling so like diverse about which ones I'd be super happy if they won. Um, yeah. So I think it's, I, I agree with Fran. It's one of the better lists. Uh, I think it's the best list we're covered and one of the better lists I remember. But I have a terrible memory. So. <laughs> Me too. Yeah, at the start of this podcast, which is our thirty-fourth episode, I had to explain to you how how the podcast works. So you do have a terrible memory. <laughs> the special podcast. This is a special podcast. Okay, Sam. Um, I I'm going to agree with you too. Um, 
I think it is one of the better lists. Um, I think uh, I can't remember a time where there were so many that I really, really liked. Um, I think going into it, most of the ones that I really, really like, I already really, really liked. Um, mm. So I think I got quite lucky that there was lots of albums on there that I already loved. Um, like the, looking down at my like ranking of the idea that I would put like a Laura Marling album as my fourth pick mm. is quite impressive to me um, because mm. yeah. it kind of yeah. shows that I there's lots in here that I really, really liked. Um, yeah. But uh, I, I don't think any of the ones I hate will win but now that i've said that um <laughs> then we'll we're, that. we're in for it um i think uh either way i think it's probably not going to go the way any of us think um mm. i think uh the uh, the one that i think could surprise people is the sports team album because it's so not like anything else um, and it's it's far and away the lowest in all of the odds of everything, mm. which then instantly makes me think, okay, then. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> but I, I really liked it, um, even if we can all agree that FK Twigs should have been on the list. Um, yes. Because yeah. it's pretty ridiculous. And Ghost Poet. Come on. And Murder Capital. Yeah, fair enough. Those three. Let's <laughs> make the list longer. Those three. Um, just, well, you mentioned Moses Boyd was your uh, best. Uh, your best new one Sam where does that yeah. finish in your list in my list it's in it's actually sixth which okay. shows but it was the only one that broke through any of the ones I already knew yeah which is decent yeah I think. yeah um, fantastic yeah okay brilliant okay that's us thank you Sam for coming on yeah thanks um, very much Sam cheers and let's all celebrate when Porridge Radio win oh. um, <laughs> thanks a lot okay so shall we speak about next time yes I'll be hosting so next, next time, time it's going to be a standard episode with Nick hosting. So what, what have you gone with, Nick? I'm going to be doing uh, the classic, which is Jane's Addiction's Ritual de la Habitual. And I'll be doing a playlist of super furry animals. Cool. I've picked, cool. chosen the Proto Martyr album Ultimate Success Today. And Shea Noir and Apollo's As God Intended. Um, and I picked uh, Disclosure um, with their album Energy. And also Sev Deliza with the album Shebrang. I mean, energy kind of it makes makes you think. You know, they're kind of giving away what kind of album that might be with that title, aren't they? It's, it's I hope it's quite dour. Be. Yeah, that'd be good. Yeah, if I hope it's a really it. slow, yeah. slow folky album. Yeah. Well, it's not just energy; it's energy in all caps. Oh, so. I'm going to hate it. Two exclamation marks. It's going to be another go team album, isn't it? Purely oh, the diction God. is all he needs to know, and he knows what the album's going <laughs> on. <laughs> All right, that's us. Cheers, right, Sam. Thanks a Good lot, Sam. Again. Cheers. Thanks, Sam. Cheers. Take care, guys. Bye-bye.